0: Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us consider the source of compassion. This is the 13th chapter of Julian of Norwich's short text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath, and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax. Let your attention settle. And I invite you to open your heart to these words. Very happily and gladly, our Lord looked into his side and gazed and said these words Look how much I loved you. As if he had said, My child, if you cannot look at my Godhead, see here how I let my side be opened and my heart be riven in two and all the blood and water that was within flow out. And this makes me happy and I want it to make you happy. Our Lord revealed this to make us glad and joyful. And with the same mirth and joy, he looked down to his right and brought to my mind the place where Our Lady was standing during the time of His Passion. And He said, Would you like to see her? And I answered and said, Yes, my good Lord, thank you, if it is your will. I prayed for this repeatedly, and I thought I would see her in bodily likeness, but I did not do so. And with these words, Jesus showed me a spiritual vision of her. Just as I had seen her low and humble before, he now showed her to me high, noble, and glorious, and more pleasing to him than any other creature. And so he wants it to be known that all those who rejoice in him should rejoice in her, and in the joy that he has in her and she in him. And in these words that Jesus said, Would you like to see her? It seemed to me I had the greatest pleasure that He could have given me with the spiritual vision of her. For our Lord gave me no special revelation except of Our Lady St. Mary, and He showed her to me three times. The first, when she conceived, The second, as if she were in her sorrow under the cross. And the third, as she is now, in delight, honor, and joy. After this, our Lord showed himself to me in even greater glory, it seemed to me, than I saw him before. And from this revelation, I learned that each contemplative soul to whom it is given to look for God and seek him, shall see her and pass on to God through contemplation. And after this friendly and courteous teaching of true and blessed life, our Lord Jesus said to me repeatedly, It is I who am highest. It is I you love. It is I who delight you. It is I you serve. It is I you long for. It is I you desire. It is I who am your purpose. It is I who am everything. It is I that Holy Church preaches and teaches you. It is I who showed myself to you before. I only make these utterances known so that according to the powers of understanding and loving, which are given by the grace of God, everyone may receive them as our Lord intended. Afterward, our Lord reminded me of the longing I had had for him, and I saw that nothing kept me from him but sin, and I saw that this is so with all of us, And I thought that if sin never existed, then we should all have been pure and like himself, as God made us. And so I had often wondered before, now in my folly, why, in his great foreseeing wisdom, God had not prevented sin. For then I thought all would have been well. I ought certainly to have abandoned these thoughts and I grieved and sorrowed over the question in great pride with no reason or judgment. Nevertheless, Jesus in this vision informed me of all that I needed to know. I am not saying that I do not need any more teaching for our Lord in this revelation has left me to holy church And I am hungry and thirsty and needy and sinful and frail and willingly submit myself to the teaching of Holy Church with all my fellow Christians until the end of my life. He answered me with this assurance. Sin is befitting. With this word, sin, our Lord brought to my mind The whole extent of all that is not good, the shameful scorn and the utter humiliation that he bore for us in this life and in his dying and all the pains and sufferings of all his creatures, both in body and spirit. For we are all to some extent brought to nothing and should be brought to nothing as our master Jesus was until we are fully purged, that is to say, until our own mortal flesh is brought completely to nothing, and all those of our inward feelings which are not good. He gave me insight into these things, along with all pains that ever were and ever shall be, and all this was shown in a flash and quickly changed into comfort, for our good Lord did not want the soul to be afraid of this ugly sight. But I did not see sin, for I believe it has no sort of substance, nor portion of being, nor could it be recognized, were it not for the suffering which it causes. And this suffering seems to me to be something transient, for it purges us and makes us know ourselves and pray for mercy. For the passion of our Lord supports us against all this, and that is his blessed will for all who shall be saved very tenderly, with no suggestion that I or anyone who will be saved was being blamed It would therefore be very strange to blame or wonder at God because of my sins, since he does not blame me for sinning. Thus, I saw how Christ feels compassion for us because of sin. And just as I was earlier filled with suffering and compassion at the passion of Christ, So was I now also partly filled with compassion for all my fellow Christians. And then I saw that whenever a man feels kind compassion with love for his fellow Christian, it is Christ within him. It strikes me that the compassion Julian feels here comes from a deepened understanding of the condition of her fellow man. As more of the truth of the world and God's relationship to humanity is revealed to her, her heart grows and is filled with loving compassion. It reminds me of the prayer attributed to St. Francis in the Book of Common Prayer. Lord, grant that we may not so much seek to be understood as to understand. This prayer de-centers ourselves from our experience and our perspectives. It centers others. And if we consider Jesus's assertion that when we clothe or feed or pay attention to someone in need, we are ministering to him, then it is also centering the God made known in Jesus in our lives. It's a super common thread throughout Christian history that welcoming the stranger is a way to welcome God himself. From Abraham and the three strangers he entertained under the oaks of Mamre, to the parables of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew, to the monastic tradition, to the young, little, mewling, helpless strangers we sometimes invite to live in our houses today. When someone seems like a stranger to you today, whether it be your five-year-old who has said something that shocks you, a partner who behaves in a foreign manner, or someone you've actually never laid eyes on before. May you remember these words and perhaps be inspired like Julian to compassion. Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.